the Spanish announce table. It is episode 306 of the Spanish announce table. It's only three. I only did it with one hand. I was too busy holding. There you go. Uh, I got you. A beer in my other hand. See, again, if you're only listening to the audio podcast, you're getting robbed of the experience of the YouTube show. But not Rob Van Dam. Not Rob Van Dam, but it's the whole effing show over here, uh, right here at the Spanish announce table. Tom is down in his dungeon down there where he trains, where he eats, where he works out, where he, 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 uh, you know, does this podcast. And I'm here uh, signing up. He's going to get a haircut, but nobody's around. Uh, They were replacing this glass window over here. I don't know what that was about. I don't know what happened to that, but um, yeah, yeah, I'm here in the barbershop. Uh, Brutus Beefcake. Hmm. Yeah. Property. It's a weird name for a barber, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. That is a weird name yeah. for a barber. You know what I've been thinking of today? He's got weird uh, pants. Yeah, what's that? Uh, funny sports names that you could say as a sneeze. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just been, because like Clinton Kershaw, like if you said that, like what's what are funny sports names that you could say as a sneeze? Gardner Minshew. <laughs> that's what I was doing today at work all day. In Dominican Sue. Yeah, that's funny. I have to go through some <laughs> rosters and check that one out. I did come across a, a thought experiment for you. Um, my wife, I uh, was vegan, uh, had some cheese on something. She was like, oh, I cheated on my veganism. And I was like, ooh, you're going to have to go to like confession, like vegan confession. And I was like, what's like instead of Hail Marys, what do you got to do? Do you got to go, go like – Plant three rows of, of rosemary and jasmine. Mm-hmm. Do you need to go like rescue? Give a massage to a goat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have to like? Yeah. What What do vegans have to do instead, like for their confessionals uh, when they pour milk down a drain? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Do you have to go like like throw paint on a mink coat? Like you gotta do do that twice. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So we were yeah. me and my son were going through a couple of those. So that was fun. I like it. Yeah. Today, all day at work. That's what I was thinking of is fun names, fun names in sports uh, that would sound like a sneeze. Because because mm-hmm. for some whatever reason, I was uh, looking at the, how the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers won the World Series and Clayton Kershaw, and I was reading it and I sneezed as I said Clayton Kershaw, but I still like I was like, oh, you could still understand mm-hmm. what that name is. And I was like, mm-hmm. what other names could you do? As that, and then I thought of Gardner Minshew, and then uh, yeah. also in the state of Florida on the Tampa Bay Bucks, there's Indomitian Sue, and so yeah. which <laughs> is a good there. one. That's a very good one. <laughs> Anyhow, that's how my brain of a drunk baby works. Uh, speaking of works. drunk baby brains, pro wrestling isn't it the best? Speaking of drunk baby brains, which might that's be half of creative title, in WWE. This might be that's a that is a, a candidate for episode title. Drunk I baby like brains. Let me write that down. Um, drunk baby. Yeah, you know what we had was um, Hell in a Cell, and we'll get into that. Um, mm-hmm. Which was you know a lot of ramifications and, and landscape changing coming out of that one. And of course we had AW Dynamite. We had Halloween Havoc. Yeah, and, a really uh, you know, good Halloween Havoc. Probably, uh, I would say, the best NXT show of the year. I'm being serious. I think it was the best NXT show of the year. It was the first time since we've restarted doing Spanish Announce Table 7.6 uh, that I enjoyed NXT 
more than I enjoyed AEW. And here's the thing. AEW is awesome. And we can get into our recap uh, here in a couple seconds. But after viewing both shows, and I don't watch them. I don't do the 1990s Monday Night War thing where I click back and forth. I just watch one, and then I watch the other one after that. And I usually start with AEW for any live things because I care about that a little bit more. And then I'll go to NXT. And after the end of the NXT episode, I thought to myself, I think I like that one more. So anyhow, uh, let's get right into the AEW recap. You want to start it off or you want me to do it? I got it up. Go through it. If you've got it up, yeah. I mean, All right, here we go. So it was the AEW Dynamite episode, and it kicked off with a world title eliminator final or semifinal match between Hangman Adam Page and Wardlow. Uh, before this match, MJF was being interviewed, and he alluded to the fact with, hey, if Wardlow wins, I'm still the champion because Wardlow works for me, and so Wardlow would love to w- win this for me, right? And Wardlow kind of was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was like, yep, sure thing. But like, first of all, Wardlow did great there, too, because at first it took, looked like it took him a, a back for a second, then he was like, fucking God, this asshole. But he was like... I mean, I need the money. I fucked mm-hmm. this guy. Right. Um, that was for just a quick little look and a movement. Like, that was some of the best. I, I feel like we got out of Wardlow from a character mm-hmm. development. And mm-hmm. then his little flex on Sammy Guevara uh, at the end there, kind of like as he's getting ready for the match, which MJF in that segment, I, li- I was eating and, and he when he called Sammy Guevara the guy who looks like <laughs> are you, the guy who looks like he sells Adderall to middle schoolers, I choked. I like thought I was going to die. That was one of the funniest things I've heard. And I think, I don't know for sure, and we're not going to fact check and how could we, but I don't know that Sammy Guevara was prepared for that line. No. Because go I, back and watch his face. He, he, like He's not necessarily looking like he's trying not to laugh, but he's not, right? Like He's like, he looked like genuinely hurt. Like he's like, you like know he's heard that, that one before. When, like I hate when people say that. Why is everybody right? <laughs> like I about died. Yeah, that and the was... thing about MJF that's so good is like that's not even the like punchline. Everybody clap now. Like that's a drive-by line. Mm-hmm. Like he keeps talking, and it's even still great shit coming out of his mouth. So good. I a little worried about it's hard to hate the heel who's fucking funnier than everybody. So I don't know, but. Uh, that was you know, great. That was well, great. I, I will say this. It, it was a great way to start the show. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. Like, if you want a good, powerful line that, you know, you remembered at the end of the episode, that's the way to do it. So yeah. I like the placement of the interview. I like the, uh, you know, foreshadowing of what goes on between Wardlow and MJF. Uh, but, yeah, go ahead. Well, the camera work on that one, too. I don't know if you've noticed. And, it feels like AEW's changed up their their kind of their shooting style a little bit for these backstage promos. They get a little more zoom in and zoom out as it's going along. It's not like a steady camera shot, right? Mm-hmm. So they'll be back off on the room, and then when two folks start talking in, they'll get a little bit tighter in on their face, and they'll maybe even ang- move an angle a little bit as it's going on, which I kind of like. It's, it had, almost feels a little more real, like you're standing in the room kind of moving around a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, as long as it doesn't get uh... – uh, WWE Monday Night Raw style when Retribution oh, walks to the ring. What as long the as it doesn't do was that. What that about? What in the... F- oh, so what in the fuck did they... Okay, AW. We'll get back to Hell in a Cell. Why yeah. the fuck did they fucking yeah. shake the camera for them walking to the ring? It's like if we were doing this show and the YouTubers... And I was just like... 
just bouncing. Everybody's like, you should watch the YouTube if you're not if you're yeah. on audio only because none of this makes any sense to you. But you get right, like nobody wants to watch this. Yeah, what the fuck are you doing? Well, and the other reason why it doesn't make sense either. Again, we'll get back into AEW here in just a second. But is the action isn't required for the movement? It's right. one thing. It is one thing, and I and I do cut them some slack when it's the uh, you know locker room brawl right backstage, and there's a lot going on. Okay, right? Like I I can forgive, even though it kind of makes me nauseous. Blocked, you switch to the other camera. Yeah, Quick, or got to do it. Or yeah, these two guys are fighting here. Now let's move over here because I just heard a big noise here. I can forgive that. But yep. if they're just taking step in front of step to a ring in a straight line, the fuck is that? Anyhow, let's get into the match. It was Wardlow versus yeah. Hangman Adam Page, as I mentioned. Uh, this was the semifinal for the World Title Eliminator Tournament. Um, Hangman Adam Page gets the win, but man, did Wardlow look like a million dollars in this one. I really was impressed yeah. with him. Now, as I've told you before, and longtime listeners of the reboot know that Hangman Adam Page is the coolest wrestler in my book right now. I, you know, it's Eddie Kingston and and Hangman Adam Page. That's one A, one B, and those two are the coolest guys for me. Uh, but Wardlow, man, his offense looked good. He kicked out after one on that backflip outside the ring, and the cool thing that I thought of it, or not thought of, but that I noticed is that uh, it took two buckshot lariats to take out Wardlow. The first one, honestly, it was like a collision in the middle of a football field where the middle linebacker uh, got hit by a wide receiver, but the wide receiver fell because it was like he got him with the um, with the clothesline, but Hangman actually fell. And then, then you know, Wardlow was like, you just hit my big meat, whatever. <laughs> slap meat? Yeah, you want to uh, slap my meat again? <laughs> Man, you're full of episode titles tonight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, Wardlow, I, I'm interested to see more, right? Like, So we're seeing, a, like I said, a little flash of personality. We're seeing more offense. He's built like a brick shit house, as the old mm-hmm. saying goes. Yep. Uh, why not? I mean, why not is, fuck, we got a lot of guys we got to do this for. Um, but if we're doing this MJF inner circle thing, which is going amazingly well mm-hmm. we've got to give wardlow something to do and why not take the Make time while we've awesome. got it like why wouldn't right. we push him now when he's suddenly changing his character definitely so yeah hangman at page does get the victory though so he will move on in the finals uh to be uh taking place at the full gear pay-per-view and next week we'll give you our picks for who wins that match but to kick off the show hangman gets the win as we move on, uh, we got a really fun match between uh, one of my favorites, as I mentioned, Eddie Kingston, and another guy that I really like, uh, Matt Seidel. Uh, I like this because uh, Eddie Kingston does really good with just everyone that he has a beef with. It's not generic. It's not just, oh, you're a good guy. I'm a bad guy. That's why we should wrestle. His beef with Matt Seidel is, hey, that was my Casino Battle Royale tournament or you know battle royal to win and you tried to upstage me being the joker i don't fucking like that like you don't upstage me i'm eddie kingston and so it was just like well yeah that would make sense why you don't like this guys he tried to upstage you uh it was really good eddie kingston gets the win uh what'd you think of this match uh 
awesome. Eddie Kingston, and then yelling at him, like calling him Moxley, making him say I quit. Uh, just uh, Eddie Kingston's the most vicious, evil son of a bitch uh, in, in pro wrestling characters right now, and it's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, and I even liked how he used more of a mat base wrestling style in this match, very similar to a John Moxley style match. Uh, again, very brutal and physical, but then he used that bulldog choke that John Moxley's been using to choke yeah. out people, which I think he even choked out Eddie Kingston with. Again, we don't fact check, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, he made Matt Seidel say, I quit. Uh, yeah, and then, like you said, he kept on calling him uh, Moxley. I'm sorry, Mox. I'm sorry, Mox. <laughs> I thought that was great. I think it shows that he's psychotic. Uh, he he has a little, you know, a couple screws loose. So I'm enjoying that as well. Uh, before this match, as we move on, let me backtrack just a second. Uh, Moxley did give a really good promo, saying yeah. how you know he's going to defend his championship. This is more than just a title match to him. Uh, again, another solid promo from Moxley. These pre-taped interviews, and you alluded to it, that's where Moxley lives. That's his home. He can do those. Uh, I'm walking on a train track. I'm in an MMA gym. He can do those all day. It started with the one when he just left WWE, and we all Mm -hmm. were like, hey, this was too quick. Is it a work? Is WWE having him come? Because we thought it was so good. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. so good that it had to be WWE. But this is everything he does when he does one of these is always compelling. You could show it to somebody and be like, "Don't you want to fucking see this fight now?" Uh, yeah, I like. He was like, "I crush windpipes and fight." Like he's just vicious. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Um, it, yes, and I have said this a couple weeks in a row, but keep him on the pre-taped. Mm-hmm. The 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 coming out of the 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 shield homage of having him come through the fucking crowd is losing its appeal to me as well you know i yeah i, kinda, the I whole, agree the whole shtick um i think they could kind of switch up how he comes to the ring and acts in the ring but again i, I mean that's not them i think they largely let these guys kind of be an act how they want to be so this is just me who john moxley is and we're just gonna see that forever so but the yeah pre-tape backstages like you said it, it could be it's a different subject each time well, I mean, subject. It's always about the match, but yeah, it's it's he's got a different angle, a different avenue. He says different words, different meanings, different metaphors, and it's always really good. Yeah, uh, a great subtlety between this and the Lance Archer uh, feud that he had was the Lance Archer was, oh my god, this guy's big and tough. I don't know if he's going to beat me, but he's going to have to kill me. And right. you know, everyone dies. And then this one is, hey man, we used to be friends, so like. I'm going to be champion after this match. That's going to happen. But we've got something to really settle here. And I'm yeah. going to kick your ass because of it. Because now you've made it personal. Well, I like the angle of it being an I quit match because yeah. it's on him now. He's got to mm-hmm. fucking say it. He can't yeah. blame anybody. Piss off. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you've got to own up and be a man and fucking do it. And that one of the best reasons for an I quit match I've ever heard. Yeah, and that was the other thing that's really great is they've made it an I quit match that 1 million percent makes sense. Just like you said, he's making him say I quit because he's going to make it on Eddie Kingston to say it because that's how we're going to finish this up. So we've got personal, but we don't have to do a home invasion or, oh, hey, look, I'm standing next to your wife or any of this like weird you know, pro wrestling things that we used yeah. to do when Randy Orton and Triple H were attacking each other's wives and stuff like that. I mean, that's fine in spurts, but 
it's good that we just made this. It was AJ and and AJ and Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe showed up to AJ's house, and again, that's good, right? right? But I think even. A perfect example of someone who could have used this angle is AJ and Joe because they have 15 years and they could have done the whole, look, we made it to the big time and you thought you made it here first because, you know, I wasn't good enough. Now I'm going to prove to, you know, what I'm getting at here though is it has that personal feud, but we haven't done these gimmicky like, okay, he just burned down the guy's house and just didn't get arrested for arson. Okay. All right. Like, let's go with that. Right. You know, so that's one thing I will give a kudos to with this program is it feels very personal, but we didn't do anything stupid. Yeah, does feel very personal. I like it a lot. All right. As we move on with the AEW Dynamite episode, we had Excalibur sit down with FTR and the Young Bucks. And this was a miss for me. Uh, This is what I'm going to say. FTR and the Young Bucks, the absolute best thing that these tag teams do is in the ring. Everything outside of that ring, before you know, bell to bell, everything outside of that, I think they are subpar at. And I think oh, yeah. and I think when they don't have the other team to bounce off of that is good in those areas, like a promo, like storytelling that's not in a match. When they don't have that, we're getting a feud like this where it's like, these are the two best tag teams, and I'm kind of not interested in this segment. The match is going to be awesome. Yep. But this wasn't at all. Yeah, and I don't – that's – it's one of the reasons I don't understand why the Young Bucks had the following is because I'm like, yeah, in the ring it's great. And I guess maybe their following is people that just mostly watch the in-ring matches. Right. Maybe that's it. yeah. Well, but, I was going to say So like go ahead. I was going to say that's that's the that's the cool thing now, right? You know, in 1992, you know, late 80s, no one was talking about work rate or uh scientific wrestling. Now Bret Hart kind of brought that out, right? It was like, "Wow, this guy has really good matches." And then that's where this niche has gone where it's like these guys can tell a great in-ring story and that's cool. And now I like that. And in independent wrestling, you need that, right? When you're traveling the circus and you're going to Kansas city, then to Cincinnati, then to LA, then to Houston, you have to go to those cities and tell an awesome match that night. You don't have yeah. the, the right. from bells and whistles. Curtain, you've got right. to tell the story, right? And that's what these two d- teams do better than anyone. I think that's where they shine. But in a, pro wrestling promotion when it's week to week you don't have a match to tell you know you don't have a match each and every week that's where these two teams suck because they can't do the other stuff i think ftr is getting better at it Mm -hmm. um but it's still just teaming them with this team that isn't as good at it like you said with the young bucks then it's just not going well i mean i liked when they were finally like Oh, hey, why don't you ask us a question? Like, we get it. We were not needed for this. Fine. You yeah. know, like, that was cool. But then, like, that could have hit quicker, and the rest of the interview could have hit quicker. When I, like, had to come back to the show, so I was, like, re-fast-forwarding to where I was, you know, because it restarted. Mm-hmm. And I got to that, and I was like, oh, no, I saw this segment. It was – I forget how much time it was. I'm not going to fact-check, but as I'm skipping forward, I was like, this went on for this damn long? It was mm-hmm. several minutes long, which, again, we're, we're the 2020 – Let's move this along a little bit for that segment because they were telling 
like backstories and shit at that at some point. I was like, what are we doing here? Yeah, and, and this is again another I don't know convoluted storyline. I feel because. Uh, you know, last year at Full Gear, we did the whole thing with Cody and Chris Jericho, where it was so personal for Cody that he said, if he doesn't win this match, he won't challenge for the World Heavyweight Championship. So then we fast forward, and again, another vice president of AEW says, well, if we don't win the tag champs or ta- tag team championships, we won't challenge for him again. It's like, okay, it's not called for in this scenario. Right. And you call the shots and you guys are kind of, you know, flirting with this heel thing. So who knows if you're even telling the truth. And then you're also not making any sense of why you super kicked everyone. I know they tried to say like, we super kicked everyone to get to this spot. We were getting upset that our friends were turning on us and it upset us, but okay. So you're just, you're bad at problem solving. Like the way you problem solve is to pick on people lesser than you. Like, well, you picked on I, people that doesn't that make can't me like you. Revenge. So yeah, there's Tony no Schiavone. For me to care about, like, there's nothing for me to care about. Yeah, again, yeah, I agree. If you're gonna say, "Hey, FTR came into our company, they ruined the brain of Adam Page, who made him do some weird things, and now he's no longer our friend, and we're not going to be friends," but it's FTR's fault. Well, then have your beefs and your tension with Adam Page or Kenny Omega. We did this whole thing at the last pay-per-view where Kenny Omega stormed off and was like, Young Bucks, you're either with me or you're not, right? And then that was the last thing we saw of it. Now, they've done amazing things with Hangman and Kenny Omega, the subtleties of the storytelling, and we'll get that match at the Mm pay-per-view. But then we just dropped off the whole Young Bucks, Kenny Omega angle. Like, why didn't they get in the car with them? Did they have a conversation about that afterwards? And then again, that's where, like what you said, you're, you're super kicking refs and Tony Schiavone. I don't, that doesn't make me hate you or like you. That just makes me think you're not that cool. You're like, you're kind of a, a prick, you know? Yeah. And so you're who's the baby face in this kicking, match? Like mid Carters and yeah. And super kick Scorpio sky or super kick, um, y- you know, I don't even think the super kicks are needed. Just you and Kenny Omega, right? Like Matt Jackson and Kenny Omega are backstage right before a Kenny Omega match. And he's like, Hey man, I don't want to walk out there with you tonight. And Kenny's like, well, why not? He's like, I just, we we can't, we can't be hanging out right now. Like, and that gets me into the, Oh wow. What's going on? What it's it. Then this is all FTR's fault. Instead, we got this really, well, if we don't win the championships, we'll never challenge for him again. Like we said we did last year with Cody, like, nah, that's a miss. Which it's a miss, but I kind of hope they lose that. <laughs> right. But but let me let me say all of that by saying I I truly feel this might be the match of the night, if not like how when it was Omega and Page versus oh, the Young yeah. Bucks, match of the year kind of thing. So yeah. but that's what they match. do awesome. Yeah. That's what they do awesome. I think they need a little bit more pre-tapes like John Moxley, where it's like, hey, just give me a why you care, why you're a pro wrestler kind of thing. Almost you know, uh, remember when Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels had their vignettes leading into WrestleMania 12 and it was like Bret Hart running in the snow and like doing squats with uh log. And then Shawn Michaels yeah. is doing pull-ups, uh, next to his trainer and all that stuff. Like do that kind of right. stuff, but yeah, not this, yeah. <laughs> not yeah, this. train with some logs. Dorf. Yeah. There you go. All right, then we had another specialty segment where it was the Inner Circle Town Hall meeting. MJF and Chris Jericho hold a town hall discussion on the future of the Inner Circle. 
the rest of the inner circle was there except for Jake Hager, who uh, we're recording this on a Thursday night, won his Bellator fight by split decision, looked all of 38 years old against a 40 year old. Not a very promising uh, outing from Jake Hager. I mean, he's really good, but he fought to his competition and so that's not a compliment. We had a conversation offline uh, the other day. Are you reconsidering uh, my suggestion that of you fighting him? take on Jake oh, Hager? I mean, look, if you give – so one thing, I'm not – he's way bigger than me. Like I would have right. to legitimately put on muscle that would take six months, right, or even a year. Um, but yeah, I would fight him. That doesn't bother me. He'd beat my ass. Like a division one wrestler is a division one wrestler. Now I think I'd win. Like, I, I think he'd beat me up, but I think I'm winning. His standup is, is like a amateur boxer. It's, it's not good. Um, well, there you go. You could be the first guy to beat Jake Hager. Hey, he, his first two, uh, opponents were from Kansas city. I trained with the first opponent, JW Kaiser. I mean, he's good, but um, is he? Uh, anyhow, um, but this guy call tonight, out. Tom, I would totally, out. yeah, I would totally. I don't care. What's pain? Whatever, right? Oh, I get knocked out. I have a headache for a What's couple pain? days. I'd totally do it. Get choked out, be and then just wake up. I've been unconscious plenty of times. That should be. <laughs> yeah, normally it's alcohol induced, yeah. but you know, uh, this is a lot quicker. Yeah. Uh, but no, so anyhow, he won his fight tonight. Congratulations to him. Three and oh split decision again. Yeah, he did. So, well. but this inner circle this, town though, hall, this right. segment. Yeah. I like this segment because they got to the point on this one, right? We didn't have a lot of the hokey pokey that we've been having, right? The, the fun back and forth. This one was quick. It was like, all right, fucker. Let's, you know what I mean? Let's do this. Although the questions were fun, um, from, uh, Luchasaurus, right? Mm-hmm. Britt Baker <laughs> and yeah. Rebel. Britt Baker and Re- first of all, yeah, she was so fawning all over Jericho, right? Like that was well, so good. You know what that was about? Hmm. Rebel or Reba was doing the lady from Trump's town hall. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, right. that's what yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah. You look right. so good when you smile. Why don't yeah. you give us a little smile? Like, yeah, almost word for word what the girl did at the town hall. Okay, I thought that right, was really yeah. good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then Eric B. Right, <laughs> like that was so fun too. Like, well, because why not? Right, fuck Jericho. Right, uh, yeah, um, yeah, that was super fun. And then, like I said, then they were just like, all right fuck right here right let's mm-hmm. get into it um and i like that uh they're splitting up the the tag team for this one right like he's like he's like he's he's on the fence but then he was even like trying to be sympathetic on the way out like hey man thanks for the jacket yeah. you know? hey like, we'll uh, see what happens <laughs> yeah. yeah i like all of this i like all of it i like that now that there's a tag team match they keep finding ways to to, sl- to stall this one without boring us without making mm-hmm. us be like hey what the fuck are you doing here like all of this makes sense so far and I think MJF's going to win that, man. I think he's going to, you know, I think so. It's weird. Well, so again, keep in mind that this is going to be the the go-home show before full gear. Mm-hmm. As we alluded to at the very start of the show, Wardlow and MJF have just this underlying tension where it's like, hey, pal, remember you work for me, right? So now we're going to get a tag match where MJF is just wanting to be in that group, but where does Wardlow fit in on that? 
we could see some tension and a fallout between Wardlow and MJF to go into full gear. And then you add more stakes because now MJF has no one to go back to. Right. So if he loses this match to Chris Jericho, he can't say like, well, but I still got Wardlow because that, you know, next week's dynamite Wardlow told him to fuck off. Yeah. What if they have Wardlow join the inner circle just to piss him off? (laughs) Right. I mean that, you get what I'm saying? Like we could do some fun things with that match. And that's where like what you're alluding to, we keep getting one week after another week and it doesn't feel like boring stalling. It feels like layers to a fun story. Uh, This town hall I thought was really good. It reminded me a lot of the debate between Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho, the format, the two uh, opposing sides on each side of the ring, Eric Bischoff. Um, So I thought it was fun and I thought it was good. Uh, I did like the, the, after the, the, the questions, the MJF, Chris Jericho, just getting like, well, what do you think I can't bring to you? And then Chris Jericho's like, what will you bring to us? And just the tension right there. How how do we know you're not going to turn on us? Like what? What and again, it? we'll get into our picks next week and there's going to be more storytelling. Cause obviously, like you said, maybe Wardlow joins the inner circle before, uh, full gear. We have no idea, but if you caught on to it, MJF said, I will do anything to join the inner circle. Mm-hmm. And as I've been telling you, my gut again, I don't read those dirt sheets, Dave Meltzer, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't watch a TV show to already know the ending. I don't read the Wikipedia page and then buy a ticket and go say like, Oh, guess what? I know what the end is. Fuck that. That's stupid. Um, but my gut keeps telling me we're going to get the inner circle kicks out Jericho. That's what I'm thinking. God, that is what I'm thinking. Fun. It can be fun. And think about it. Jericho is always on the forefront of like staying ahead of, doing mm-hmm. what you think he's going to do. So he could be spearheading something like that. He could be like, Hey, I need to get out of here. Kick me the fuck out. Right. Yeah. Cause then he can do the commentary. And that's another uh, fun wrinkle that we'll see next week is it's going to be MJF and Wardlow versus Ortiz and Sammy Guevara. And on commentary throughout the entire night, including this match is going to be Chris Jericho. So we'll see what he says when MJF gets a big move Maybe during the match, Chris Jericho then becomes warm press with Wardlow, yada, yada, yada. That's again where my brain goes into MJF and Wardlow picks up the victory. That solidifies to Ortiz and Sammy. Well, we need this guy because I don't think Chris Jericho's beating us. And I like that Ortiz was allowed to get more serious, right? I mean, he's yeah. been kind of a comedic Right, he's doing the, the cells and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like it because, you know, to me, they're LAX, you know, like, mm-hmm. they're, you know, like, let's fucking stab this guy with an ice pick. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so I, I like that. And, and yeah, it's that switch up. It's like, all right, well, he's on the fence. We're not. We're going to fucking make you so you don't even get an opportunity. Yeah. Fuck you, and- right? I liked how Ortiz uh, delivered that too. Like you said, more serious, not not uh, funny catch lines uh, or yeah, like one liners or anything. He was like, hey, shut up! Yeah, he's like, shut up! We don't want you here, so we're gonna prove that we don't want you here, and we're gonna beat you up next week. I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, I like that. That was good. So we'll see next week. Uh, as we mentioned, we got the tag match, and then at the end of this segment, we've got the match between Chris Jericho versus uh, MJF. And again, MJF said, "I will do anything." Says, to become a member of the inner circle. Anything. 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 I like, like it. Said it twice. Like, no, 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 no. You don't get it. 
anything. All right, so what's next? The Lumberjack match for uh, the TNT Championship. It was Cody, champion, taking on challenger Orange Cassidy. This was a rematch from two weeks ago. Uh, the Lumberjacks were the inner circle, as they mentioned they were going to interfere, and then other uh, Lumberjacks were uh, Luchasaurus, order. Dustin, yep. uh, Jungle Boy, QT, Marshall, uh, all of that fun stuff. Well, this this was a good match. I thought this was yeah. fine. I thought we went to the well maybe one too many times. That, that's how I left feeling about this. Well, yeah, and it still feels open-ended now because they, they made a point to be like, oh, they didn't see that he got – like Cody didn't see that he got hit. I mean, and some of that's to save face because Cody's not necessarily the bad guy. Well but- – Arn Anderson did. Arn Anderson did give a good old one-two to Orange Cassidy. Hey, he didn't have to see it if he knew it was coming, right? Right. Now this is again uh, the Dark Order. Where was Brody Lee? Because we haven't seen him since he lost to Cody. So what's going on with him? Uh, the thing that I left thinking though, and it kind of made me a little sad, is you know I'm a huge Orange Cassidy fan. He's one of my guys as well. Uh, but he went from beating Chris Jericho in a Mimosa Mayhem match to the kickoff show against a Dark Order guy, yeah. the smallest one. Yeah. It, I, they weren't ready to pull the trigger on, I think, giving him like a title run apparently, right? Like, So he didn't win the – I would have gave him the TNT title, I guess. Because you, you're not going to have him beat Moxley or anything right now. So, But to capture that lightning in a bottle that he had – I, you know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't he have beat Cody and ran with the TV title? Well, what I thought is what I mentioned last week is okay, this is again another Orange Cassidy match that I've seen. Make me miss him. Make me put yeah. him off TV. He doesn't need to be in a kickoff match. Now, I understand he does from a business standpoint, right? Who's our biggest ratings, guys? It's MJF. It's Jericho. It's Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy is like the number one seller for AEW merch. I understand that part of, of what you're saying, right? But I think serve him better and don't put him on the kickoff show. Let him marinate and just hang out in the back and then bring him back when it's guess who I'm taking on? Lance Archer, right? Everyone dies, not yeah. me. One of those things, right? That's what I was wanting to see from Orange Cassidy. Instead, yeah, he's going to beat up number four, whatever his name is, John Silver, um, who's fine. He's funny on the BTEs. I, I like you know his segments. He's he's okay. Sure. But, meh, not that. But, yeah, so Cody picks up the victory. Uh, he leaves. He kind of sees that uh, – you know, the, the Dark Order and his family are still wrestling around. He moves. Arn Anderson, as I mentioned, did give Orange Cassidy the old punch to the face. Yeah, we'll see the, where that the, goes. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we'll see where everyone goes. And again, throughout all of this chaos and as Cody was leaving, we get a shot of Darby Allen sitting in the crowd just watching Sting-like uh, down on this whole chaotic situation. And at the Full Gear pay-per-view, we're going to get Darby Allen versus Cody for the TNT Championship. And again, we'll give our picks next week, but that's how that segment wrapped up. I'm just, I don't know that I'm, I'm not sold on the Darby Allen anymore. I'm just, I don't, I don't like it at all. Yeah, I, I feel we've, we've talked about this before. To me, he's Jeff Hardy. 
And this is what I'll say about AEW. And I'm not trying to bash WWE. But AEW has a skateboarding, you know, thrill seeker. And WWE has a skateboarding music thrill seeker. But the difference is 20 years, right? Mm. I'm I'm more okay with the crazy guy being in his 20s than in his late 40s, right? Like, that's that's where the rubber yeah. meets the road. I'm okay more right. with Darby Allen doing this stuff than I am Jeff Hardy, who yeah. I've seen since I was a kid do if this. I, and maybe I'm similar age of Jeff Hardy. Uh, I think he's older. I think he's older than he's us. He's older, yeah. So Let me do a Google search. I will fact check this one. If I go out right now, and you know, I know they say if, you, if you're not if you're dressing like the crowd, you'll be in the crowd. So you know, we can't necessarily mm-hmm. hold them to our standard. But if I go around right now skateboarding, painting my face up, right, you're wearing a reflective go, belt, I'm gonna look weird. You're gonna get an intervention. Yeah, cops are gonna stop me. Be like, hey man, you okay? Where are you going tonight? Are you lost? Uh, Fun fact, they do that to Jeff Hardy a time or two also. All right, hey, hey. All right, no, Jeff Hardy. Nice. Jeff nice. Hardy is 43 years old. Darby <laughs> Allen is 27. Yeah, so he's close. I'm, I'm, yep. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. There you go. That's what I am. So mm-hmm. that, that, that's what I'm going to say. I, I agree with you. I'm not in the Darby Allen demo. I don't enjoy the things he enjoys, yeah. but. If you're going to do that, that is for a demo who's younger. And where where I was making my point is, you know who that demo won't pay attention to? 40-year-olds. <laughs> so stop doing your shit, Jeff Hardy. It's embarrassing. Anyhow, I digress. Again, Full Gear, Darby Allen, Cody. We'll see. They've matched up three times before. They were all good matches. Remember, that was the first uh, time limit draw was Darby Allen versus Cody. They put on good matches. I don't think they're not going to put on another one for a pay-per-view. I don't feel like the story, though, is being developed as it have has been in the past with Cody. I almost feel as if Cody, and I know I just mentioned at Full Gear last year, he said, I'm never going to challenge for the championship because I lost to Chris Jericho. I don't know how we can get around that, but I feel like Cody's Pro almost wrestling. getting bigger. Yeah, but he's he, he almost feels bigger than the TNT championship. I, I, I think it's like... You did the you did the open challenge. You had all the great things with Warhorse and Eddie Kingston, and you know the physical match with uh, Brody Lee and the dog collar match. Like and your you have a great yeah the the brother like you have a great stable of TNT Championship matches. Awesome, thumbs up. Now let's move on. Like go into a tag team, go into a faction, go for the world championship. I just feel like the TNT Championship and him was an amazing establishment, like a thumb stamp of like, this is what the TNT championship will mean going forward. But I'm done. So <laughs> what if we get FTR and we've already seen Blanchard is with him. We got Sean Spears. Blanchard's with him. Arn Anderson's now doing a little dirty, right? Giving folks the old ovarian delight. Mm-hmm. Maybe we get this whole, it's not the four horsemen. Thing. Four horsemen. Blanchard, the brain busters are together, right? Run, mm-hmm. Running it. Running it. They're helping them, you know? It's the six horsemen, if you will. <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe that's what we do. Well, yeah. And somehow he they, weasels his way into a world title out of that. Yeah. Or, hey, let's kick out... Uh, I, I think let's kick out Sean Spears, because Sean Spears doesn't fit that demo to me. 
and let's go all Southern boys and put in Hangman Adam Page, Cody, FTR, put them with it. Sean Spears just sticks out like a sore thumb. He's good, but him and Ricky Starks should be a little faction because they like to look in the mirror and wear the nice Versace clothes. Yeah. They're not rough and tumble. Yeah. Um, who's yeah. I, yeah. I agree. I just, yeah, it's who they seem to be having with Tully Blanchard. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He it must be a really cool guy in the back. Everybody's, you know what I mean? Like maybe everybody likes this guy. He's great. Like as far as what he did, in the four horsemen, he was the right hand man. As much as Arn Anderson was the right hand man for Ric Flair going forward in like the legacy of the four horsemen, when that started, yeah. it was the tag team of the Andersons, Ole and Arn. The right hand man was Tully, and then the man was Ric Flair. Right. So Tully is I've always thought was awesome. I do feel maybe we're moving a little too quick for him. Maybe he's missing some spots and we're not doing retakes, but maybe we should transition him and Jr. kind of off into the sunset. feels like they're just missing their spots a little bit, at least with me. Maybe you, you know, you as the listener, you love them. Tweet the table, let us know. Uh, but for me, eh, I'm kind of saying let's have no one be the manager. Arn can get out of there too. And let's just have some guys say, we like to fuck people up. You know, that's where I would go. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Sean Spears, uh, we had a Sean Spears squash match where he beat up some guy in one move and then got candy thrown at him from the crowd from uh, Mantar, who I thought was your guy. I thought that that was, uh, what's his fucking name? Uh, the, the Mad uh, Ox. Yeah, yeah Mad I thought it was Ox, the Mad yeah. Ox because it was like, I was like, no fucking way is a goddamn Ox going to be on television in 2020 and Tim's not thinking it's Maddox. It's Mad Ox, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. No, it did not end up being the Mad Ox. It ended up being Scorpio Sky, which continues their feud. If you've been paying attention to Dark and also some little segments there, put him That's in a the good four horse, that new Four Horsemen. Hey, so we think it's it's Sean Spears because Tully's there, right? Mm-hmm. He's all hey. thinking it's him, right? Because they're they're they'll slow build this like we're creating this thing, and he's like, yeah, we are, and they're like, no, mm-hmm. no. Yeah, no, we're good. This guy yeah. is the guy you've yeah. been. Fi- yeah, right. yeah. So next week we'll get Sean Spears versus uh, Scorpio Sky. As I mentioned, and I don't mean to beat a dead horse here, which I don't know why anyone would, but Scorpio Sky, man, have you tried? Let's... What's that? Have you tried? No, Beating a dead what? horse. No, that seems so oh, mean. Don't knock it till you try it, Tom. Jesus, out there in the sticks, and all of a sudden now you're oh, beating man. animals. I'm, I'm the. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, but Scorpio yeah, it's a weird Sky. Phrase. I don't know what that yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and also hands down. That's another phrase I was thinking about today. Why do we put our hands down? Like, hands down, that was the best match. Why? Yeah. Like, why? Wait, no, my hands are up. That was the hands best up. match. <laughs> I don't understand the hands down. My brain was going a lot of different places today. Side note. Anyhow, uh, Scorpio Sky, though. We need to, okay, get him past Sean Spears, get him, let's elevate some diversity and a little bit change of pace because a lot of our guys, singles competitors, are wrestling very similar styles, right? It's very, da, 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 da. and he has a different speed to me. He, he gets to spots quicker. He can do a little bit more athletic moves. I want Scorpio Sky, 
I want Scorpio Sky as our TNT champion. That's who I would make the TNT champion. Have Darby yeah. Allen beat uh, Cody. Darby Allen hurts himself in a match with Scorpio Sky because he's fucking Darby Allen, right? And then Scorpio Sky, we can build the championship around a, a really solid mid-carder because right now he's getting lost in the shuffle and he's too damn good. If you watch dark matches, he kills it all the time. And it's just, yeah, I just, I think he's awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. I, all right. Yeah, and as we good. move on, uh, we got our five minute women's match. This time we didn't feature the AEW women's champion because fuck that. Why do that? We instead featured the NWA world's uh, heavy world's champion, uh, the newly crowned Serena Deeb taking on Layla Hirsch. Layla Hirsch with this like Matt wrestling, Kurt Angle, Chad Gable style. I liked her. It was little, little shoot ins and single legs mm-hmm. and stuff. She was fun. Uh, again, we got what five minutes right before the main yeah. event. We should have a tally. We should have started a tally of how many times this fucking happens and just put it up on the big screen, you know. And it was like, this is 13 times in a row because it feels yeah. like every week I'm formulaic. doing this recap, mm-hmm. I'm saying this is right before the main event five minutes of women. Uh, and that stinks. five minutes of women. Five minutes of women, Ooh, just like my sex life. What? Yeah. Hey. Uh, so anyhow, Serena Deeb picks up the victory. Post-match, we see Sheeta uh, in a backstage interview uh, challenge uh, Nyla Rose for her AEW championship, or AEW women's championship at full gear. I mean, the first match was awesome and physical, right? Like this is, again, another thing where AEW knows, hey, on this event, you know what matches would fucking kill? FTR and Young Bucks, Sheeta and Nyla Rose. And they go, awesome. That's going to be in five weeks. What do we do? And for the women's match, they just go like, why don't we wait two weeks before and just say they're going to do it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what, they just, okay, all right, they're going to yeah. do it. Just fucking, yeah. And it's going to be fun. And when we do our... uh recap a full gear we're going to probably talk about how physical this match was and vicky guerrero is going to be a standout because she's been forgotten about and she's going to shine that's where going back to my comments about orange cassidy that's how i want to see orange cassidy used again because like i i do feel at full gear we're going to say uh, in our recap man vicky guerrero her shrill voice this and she hits all of her notes great and that's where it's like, you, we could do that with Orange Cassidy and also still have matches. But anyhow, um, yeah. What do you think about Sheeta versus Nyla Rose? I mean, it, it'll be good. I'm just, I'm ready to see it, but I'm still, you know, uh, I don't know. Storylines are what I watch for. And, you know, we've gotten next to none with the, with the ladies. Right. I agree. All right. Now let's get into... Uh, our main event, this was the second half of the World Title Eliminator semifinal match. It was Pentagon filling in for Ray Phoenix, who was injured, uh, taking on the cleaner, Kenny Omega. And this, I tell you what, man, this was fun. Did you like this main event? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, without picking out every spot, I mean, just entertaining. Again, these guys are, like you said, same along the same lines where some of the best in the world at draw the curtain, have the match, leave, the, you know, draw the curtain back, and they just told an amazing story. This is where I think AEW should be because if you go back to the first time I ever saw them wrestle each other uh, was all in 
and they had the match of the night when it was, uh, you know, their match. And then post-match, that's when we saw Chris Jericho as Pentagon take off the mask and they attack Kenny Omega, you know, all that stuff. But the match itself was awesome. But this is where, like, this should be our championship title picture. I love Eddie and I love John Moxley and I think that serves its purpose. But I'm saying let's turn the next chapter and heal Kenny Omega having his cleaner women coming out in Lucha Bro masks, uh, sweeping up the thing, the long ass intro, the arrogant prick baby or uh, heel. And then you got the sympathetic baby face who is 2020 version of Ray Mysterio, better Ray Mysterio. Like that's right. Like let's, yeah. if, if we have chips here and you're watching the YouTube video, let's go all in on that. Pentagon should be my baby face that I can go to Mexico with because they have that working relationship. If you saw uh, Omega had that triple a championship around his shoulder. So we know we have that working relationship. And again, I'm going here in the future. I'm not saying next week, but once we can travel the, the across the, you know, the borderlines here, let's have Kenny Omega, just heal it up. Pentagon is our fucking baby face. Let's do a cool ass show in Mexico city and let's have Pentagon fucking be your world champion. This match made me say, like, this is what I want the title picture to be. Like, this is what I want AEW to be. It was so good. So flipping good. Yeah, I mean, I, the match was really good. And we're heading into now what we called out for the world title tournament finals. And that'll be good. I mean, and of course, we'll save picks for mm-hmm. when we need to what do, do you, picks. But. What do you think they'll do next week, though? Because this is the interesting mm, part. Yeah. Is Usually when they do the, hey, this guy and this guy, it's usually then the next week or at the pay-per-view, then you're going to get it. Because the interesting thing that I found is post-match, Kenny Omega wins, right? But Hangman didn't come out to do a face-off or you didn't have Kenny Omega call out Adam Page, anything like that. They just was like, he wins. And next up, Star Wars or whatever mm-hmm. it was, uh, Indiana mm-hmm. Jones. Um, yep. So what do you think they do next week? I, they're going to do some kind of like Alex Marvez or Tony Schiavone's in the ring. And we're going to talk to both and see what this will mean to them. Right. And then they're going to have a showdown. They're going to fucking poke each other's chest a little bit and maybe a little slap happens. And then we get a quick separation. I don't think there'll be anything too crazy. See, this is where I hope we can tie up some loose ends. This is where I would like... Let's blend it again. Is that as I told you, one of my favorite things about ECW, which is my favorite promotion uh, in my heart of hearts, is that everyone bumped into each other because it's a traveling circus, and that fucking makes sense. Is let's do something where we have Hangman and uh, Omega, like you said, in a in the ring interview with. Tony Schiavone, they give their, hey, we're best friends, da-da-da, gets a little chippy. Then they start getting a little personal, like, well, you obviously knew that I was the one that carried this team, right? Things like that. Hangman starts to second-guess himself. And then you have FTR just walk down and say, hey, 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 Hangman, he's saying some bad things. Let's have a drink. Let's have a drink. And then the Young Bucks are like, fuck that. No, this is why our friendship ended is because you get in here and you fuck with Hangman's mind. And then Hangman be like, fuck you, Young Bucks. Like, you don't, you're not my friend. I want a drink. Right, yeah. And then Omega's like, and see, that's why we never could beat FTR was because you were too busy wanting to party. And then we're bumping all these storylines together. That's what should, again, I'm fantasy booking here. But then 
Now I'm more interested in FTR and Young Bucks because now it gives me direction of who the heel is and who the baby face, right? We got FTR just wanting to fuck with Hangman. Young Bucks, even though they're mad at him, still wanting to be a baby face and help their friend. Omega's being a prick, right? And so, like, that's what I want. It, it should, I hope, would, would be fun, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, well, all right. Um, all right. So that was AEW. Yeah. I, I like, I like the episode. Um, it's, I saw somebody tweet that said like, how can every episode of AEW dynamite be the best episode of AEW dynamite? We don't know that every single one has been the best, but man, it's wrestle it's, joy. I love that yeah. account. Wrestle joy is great, which they got a shout out during the Kenny Omega, uh, right. entrance, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to wrestle joy. Uh, they do really great stuff. Shout out to Jonathan Snowden, who's a writer there and also wrote the newest Ken Shamrock autobiography, which you can see, find my name in, uh, anyhow. So now let's uh, transition into some WWE talk, uh, it was also, as you mentioned at the top of the show, Halloween Havoc. This was fun. Uh, we won't go through a recap of, of AEW because, again, we focus a little bit more on AEW than anything else because we like it the best. <laughs> but uh, this was the best show that NXT's done in a while. I like the aesthetics. I like the orange ropes. Uh, it was so much fun. What what did you what did your overall feel of, of the event? Did you walk away going like that was cool or what do you think? Yeah, super cool. I like that NXT has revived some of these WCW pay-per-view names, like that the legacy lives on here. Mhm. Um it's I like it. And yes, the theming of it all and this the Capital Wrestling Center. I brought this question up to you offline. The virtual fans. This show is pre-taped. Are they reusing footage from the Thunderdome? I would have to think so. If anybody knows, because we don't fact check, but does anybody know? Like they're like, no, dummy, I I did it. I said, but we would be getting spoilers, right? Like I don't think you would think. Yeah, you would think someone would say like, oh my god. For example, in this Halloween Havoc, Pete Dunn turned on Kyle O'Reilly and joined forces with Pat McAfee and his team. Uh, so yeah, you would have thought on whenever they taped that, you know, Tuesday night, we would have got a Dave Meltzer. Guess what? Watch out for Pete Dunn, who, by the way, Pete Dunn looking like a snack. Did you see how ripped he was? Good yeah. night. Had me all types of jealous. Okay. That was, man, he, he was jealous. shredded. Yeah. Jealous I was. I wanted to be his friend. I'm on yeah. team Pat, Pat McAfee. That's. Look at Pete Dunn. He was great. Super fun. Yeah. And Pete Dunn, first of all, is just one of the coolest. Like that dude. Love Yeah, that he's dude. awesome. And so uh, again, there's your four person team, as I mentioned to and alluded to, uh, going up against Undisputed Era. Maybe they could war settle games. it in a war. Yeah, maybe a game could help them settle this. Um and isn't that isn't that interesting how we always just find four guys who have a beef with Undisputed Era right around the time of war games. Well, yeah. It's like when you need a series of people to survive, we always just come up with like these teams of five. Well, but credit to NXT, because at least in this iteration, it makes sense. It's Pat McAfee has a beef with, uh, with the Undisputed Era, and he's recruited three other guys to say, like, hey, you kind of don't like him either, right? Be my fucking friends because we're going to kick their ass. Like, that yeah, makes more sense. Ass. Yeah, it, that makes more sense than qualifying matches for Team Red, qualifying matches for Team Blue. That what? everybody is really deeply cares about all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. Now, 
I will say I do understand the only thing that I understand about the Survivor Series that has no buildup but totally makes sense is the champion champion thing when it's yeah the Raw champion versus the SmackDown champion that's a built in and that's an understandable feud right like I'm the best champion you're not better champion than me everyone understands even, that I would even understand it wholesale more when they do the like we need the team of five versus SmackDown versus because now it's just bragging rights it's no longer Survivor Series right but now that it's you know now that we're going to do this bragging rights. Uh, Team Raw and Team SmackDown, they tell these guys, you're going to have a qualifying match because you're going to do the Survivor Series match and if our side wins the Survivor Series match, the remaining survivors get a $500,000 fucking bonus and they're going, yeah, okay, something. I'm going to kick right. this guy's would, ass. All right? like, but no, when it's like, just like, like yeah. yeah, but when it's just, hey, or aren't you proud of the title? To, yeah, the five guys get to, you know, four guys or four women, mm-hmm. whatever it is, right? Get Well, the women, it's a little harder because there's Two titles, mm-hmm. um, but five minutes of women. whatever, right? You say, hey, five minutes of women. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You never yeah. fail. Five I minutes do of women. Know what you're saying, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, but if you're just gonna do a qualifying match and then the winner gets bragging rights, well, who the fuck cares? I've been here for a cup of coffee. I don't even know if I like Monday nights, you know, or yeah. in AJ Styles' case, I don't know if I liked Friday nights because that's when my son plays football games. <laughs> But we're talking about NXT and takeover. Oh yeah, and, NXT. You know, we're going we, back we to NXT. the war games. But hey, so initially here, uh, they're giving up on Damian Priest. I mean, Gargano's Gargano, uh, NXT North American champion. No, I don't think so. I think this is going to propel Damian Priest to bigger and better things. Mm, as okay. you, uh, as you saw, there was a mysterious figure who jumped Damian Priest, which then gave Johnny Gargano the win. Well, who is that person? What do they want to do? Let's hope that that has some real legs to it. And I think this makes Damian Priest go into the main event picture because, again, no Finn Balor, no Karrion Cross, Keith Lee is gone. So we need some more people up in that main card, you know, main event level. And I think this is going to be the thing that propels Damian Priest to that. But Johnny Gargano, your first two-time uh, North American champion, you know he's going to run with that and say until he's blue in the face. I think that'll be fine and fun. I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. all about that fun yeah okay um yeah we talked about we got the uh pat mcafee oh, introduction yeah there. we got that the other thing i'll mention again we don't have to recap everything but rhea yeah. ripley and gonzalez what's her first name uh, uh raquel right raquel gonzalez fucking christ those two yeah, women beat each other well, like yeah. they owed each other money well and they're yeah they're the the you know, Titans, you know, the towers, right. They are, they are massive and not like, you know, large, but they are just built athletic. Yeah. Beat the shit up. They look like tight ends. Uh, well, and that's the thing is they didn't wrestle the arm drag and let me grab your hand and I'm going to run up the ropes and do a thing. It was a, I'm a fucking punch you in the face. Watch this pop. I'm gonna punch you yeah. in the face. Pop. It was cool as shit. I uh, really like that match a lot. One of the coolest parts of the night is Drake Maverick is Hogan and Killian Dane is Shockmaster, right? I mean, that's. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Hogan, Hogan, uh, right. Drake Maverick uh, has um, the Yete and the Giant do the <laughs> hug from Halloween Havoc on Hogan. And then Killian Dane uh, comes out and doesn't sell the Shockmaster. And he's like, God damn it. And then Drake puts the helmet on and then falls on his ass. And then Killian Dane gives you the British bulldog line of, aha, he fell on his arse. You know, I, yeah, that was some great. That's what I liked about this night is because it gave you hard hitting Rhea Ripley and Gonzalez, you know, 
punching each other in the mush as much as they could. And then it gave you the silliness of, well, Drake Maverick's going to be uh, Hogan from a previous Halloween Havoc. And then he's going to get the Yeti and the giant to, to do the little bear hug bullshit. Like it was such a good con. We even had Michael Hayes make a surprise appearance during the Cameron Grimes, uh, Dexter Loomis match. Like that's the silliness. And then the seriousness was a great blend. That's why I thought this was the best episode they've done yeah, since we've done good. this podcast. And it was a good episode version yeah. 7.10. Yeah. Loved it. Hey, yeah. so let's get out of that real quick and let's get into some hell in the cell. We didn't do an instant reaction, and I'm going to tell you why, listeners. I thought this show was going to suck. <laughs> we gave you picks last week. They had four matches or something like that. It felt like a dud. I should have learned my lesson when WWE goes into something as a dud. It usually means the event itself is going to kick ass. So I should have done an instant reaction, so I apologize. Uh, we will be doing an instant reaction for AEW's well, full do gear. not so instant reaction. But you didn't do an instant reaction. So right. I was like, so, it's hard to brand the not so instant reaction. Yeah. So, the instant reaction. And so I did a TikTok. Right. So again, uh, yeah, two up, two down. Check that out on our TikTok. Two up, two down. That was really good. Uh, but again, I didn't do it because uh, full transparency, I thought this was going to suck. And boy, did it not. Kicked yeah. off with probably the best match in Roman Reigns' career. Surprise me. I thought this was going to be the main event of the night. And whoa. And maybe it should have been. And maybe it should have been because this was awesome. The the believability of of Roman Reigns. He fucking cried during part of the match. Legit cried. Yeah. You had the Usos do an amazing job. You had Jay with this, I'm never going to quit. But the only reason he quit was because Jimmy was in the guillotine, which gives more layers because the only reason – uh, Jimmy threw in the towel to Jay is because Jay wouldn't stop. And so it's just this brother loves the brother. You know, they're in this together. Uh, blood is thicker than water kind of thing. And then on top of that, at the very end of the match, Roman reigns with just a shocked Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman looked as if he did not know what he saw from Roman reigns and his complexity of vulnerability yeah. and, and hell that he could unleash goes up to the entrance ramp the wild Samoans his dad and his uncle stand there give him his lay and he stands on top as the tribal chief oh great theater great theater great theater. that was a great spot um at first when he was walking up I thought they were going to be like disappointed but they weren't right like they were like yep now because that's how you fucking do it look Mm -hmm. tribes Um, of all kinds is there an angle of Jimmy's complicit in on this and is uh, I don't think so uh, you don't think so? I don't think so because again it was the reaching out it was the over I don't say overacted it almost looked overacted on purpose the reaching out like help me brother right like I was kind of like is he trying to yeah no I think they worked up this Montreal screw job kind of thing right I could see what you think there uh not to shit talk him even though we just said how awesome it was i think that's just bad acting yeah okay. yeah it's right. pro wrestling yeah. bad acting right. uh but you forgive that right good acting though was roman reigns that crying the the right after the the i quit and the standing up and the like the like wiping his fucking mouth grin and then the like realization of like oh all of it just fucking came true right like then that like stoic like and then to be like i love y'all i love y'all 
Like as he's leaving, he's just like you, fuck. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, he's quickly become one of the best in the fucking business uh, with this heel run, dude. Like I didn't think he had the subtlety in his acting and 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 just the believability of being an evil bitch, right? Like, yeah, yeah he's good. Yeah, he's awesome. And now Jimmy and Jay have to fall in line. Uh, so we're most likely, again, we record this on a Thursday night, so we haven't seen the newest uh, SmackDown episode, yeah. but we're going to assume that now we're going to get the heel faction of the Usos and Roman Reigns. I would assume somewhere down the line we get the Jimmy and Jay have to uh, you know, choose a side and they end up going with the dark side that makes them evil alongside Roman. We'll get there. Well, but and for now, needed. are they unwilling like servant? Right. Like, are they having to do his bidding and they don't want to be the heel faction? I mean, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a lot like if you remember when uh, Shawn Michaels was the servant for JBL and JBL's like, fucking do it. And so then Shawn Michaels would super kick someone or something like mm-hmm. that. Something similar to that. But again, I think where this storyline will differ is they will become, you know, the next feud for Roman Reigns, he'll be put in a spot, Roman Reigns, that is, where he can't get out of it. And then we get the Usos that go like, man, you've always been family. Wop, get a super kick on that guy. Now we're all family, right? The tribe. Uh, yeah, the tribe. Uh, I just thought that this was really good. One thing that I will say that works in Roman Reigns' benefit is no crowd. All of this uh, character building the block yes. after block after block. Well, it helps when hit at the right time. Right. And it also helps that, you know, no one's making you break character by saying like, I think you shit yourself or, you know, something stupid that maybe like what the fuck. And then, you know, why is your hair wet? Why is your hair? Fuck you, man. Or, or you're really great. And they start cheering, right? Cause they could start cheering mm-hmm. and then that would draw oh, the a lot of people would have cheered that whole ending. Like they would have been fucking cheering him on the way out. We would have, in the yeah. crowd. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think the heel work is a benefit of the pandemic, uh, which is odd to say. Uh, we may but hear he is doing awesome. Crowd noise forever anymore in WWE. Mm hmm. I agree. Uh, what else happened there? Oh, we got Sasha Banks. Uh, very physical match. This is what I'll say about Sasha versus Bailey. The right person won. Whatever. Sasha will go on to be a champion. She'll probably lose her first title defense because that's what she does. Um, but where I will give them credit is they find the most interesting ways to create new spots. You know, the Bailey to the it's a belly to belly, right? But the Bailey to hug or whatever the fuck she calls it on the chairs, I thought was innovative. There were so many spots where Sasha had on Bailey that I thought was very creative. And Sasha Banks and Hell in the Cell. It's like a hand in glove. She can sell the shit in there and make it so good. Her other two Hell in the Cell matches were awesome, and this one was uh, just the same. From a storyline standpoint, like you said, we're into the storyline, so you can do all the in-ring stuff to a certain extent, but we're kind of going to check out. Because I kind of felt I knew who was going to win here, I didn't really get invested that much, but I still thought it was really great. Yeah, uh, match was vicious, and, and I put that in my two up, two down. That like they both made each other look like a million dollars, and the storyline yeah. had to go here. If uh, if Bailey won that, it would have been what? We're still what? yeah, we're still doing yeah. this. Yeah. Well, so, um, yeah. Let's get into the third uh, uh, Hell in the Cell match, and apparently we're still doing this because Randy Orton became the new champion. Which then led into Drew McIntyre saying he wants his championship back. Yeah, although they are sprinkling in the fiend, which is true. Interesting. Very and I true. I like the way they did that with 
you know, using a moment of bliss. We're mm-hmm. fast forwarding a little. Uh, and then her just mentioning the burning the house down and him knowing exactly what she meant by that. She's awesome. She's, She's great. Nuts. Um, like she looks like a different human being. Like there's a different person playing Alexa Bliss. Now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. I, I don't even know if that's a great way to describe it. But no, um, it is. I, I, like, I it. like this. I like Randy Orton. I think he's doing his best work he's ever done. And so, I mean, I just wish it wasn't Drew McIntyre again. You know, I wish well, this was just only the Fiend. Yeah, and I get that. I think where they're already going to transition Drew McIntyre to, and they alluded to it, is uh, another match that happened was uh, Otis versus uh, Miz for the Money in the Bank contract. Tucker turns on Otis. Now you have Miz on Raw with the Money in the Bank contract. And then it went instantly into him and Drew McIntyre. So maybe we're going to get a little detour with those two, and then something happens there. Um, I thought the most interesting thing to happen from the week after Drew McIntyre lost his championship to Randy Orton was Randy Orton getting up to the entrance ramp, and then the Fiend comes out and stands behind him. Drew McIntyre walks up to him, and he chooses Drew McIntyre instead of the Fiend, which subtly kind of buries drew mcintyre right it does it does uh it was a nice spot right I, I that was fun like of the okay shit i've got to. Mm. uh i either gotta fight this guy or i gotta fight this guy and i already beat this Pick guy one. so i guess i'm gonna fight yeah he had to make a choice and you know why why go with the supernatural guy who we've seen kill people mm-hmm you know, so yeah, I mean, it buries Drew McIntyre a little bit, but the point with the Fiend is that everybody's scared of that motherfucker, right? Everybody. Yeah. I think if, again, if I had the pencil and T-Max story time, I would have done everything the exact same, except I would have had Randy Orton turn around and look at the Fiend and try to rush the Fiend, and then the lights go out, and then he's gone, and then Drew McIntyre's like, but I'm still here, motherfucker, and then you can still get well, the feud. You know what you do? The lights go out. They come back on, the Fiend's gone, but Drew McIntyre's in his place, and Drew McIntyre doesn't even know how he fucking got there, so he's weirded out, too. They almost don't even want to fight each other. <laughs> yeah, that would be <laughs> cool, like, right? He's like, fuck, right? Like, oh, yeah, shit. How the fuck did I get here? Um, but then just but then just does the, well, fuck you, I'm going to fight yeah. you. Uh, like, they kind of like, they're like, he's like, you don't fucking, like, Randy Orton's in, like, there's a moment of like, they're like, you didn't fucking do me. Like, I didn't fucking do this, and they're like, oh, what the fuck? And they go. Fuck that. <laughs> that would yes. have been good. That would have been good. Yeah. Uh, I, I like it though. Uh, the only thing is, I do think at whatever the next pay per view is, you know, Fastlane or whatever it's called, uh, or it's Survivor Series, I guess, right? It's going to oh. be Survivor Series. Yeah, it probably uh, is, right? Yeah. yeah. I just don't want to see Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton for the championship again. That's where mm, I'm not interested in that. But I bet we will. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's no, where they're going to do gonna the. Go. It's it's um Orton versus um, oh Roman. Roman. Oh, <laughs> uh? that'll be fun. Oh man, remember the last time Randy Orton took on a Paul Heyman guy at Survivor Series? His fucking head got mashed into a melon by Brock Lesnar. That's true. That's true. But I don't know if that's going to happen here. See, that's the oh. No, this feels prime for this moment for the fiend to screw with Orton. Yeah, and it ends a no real match. Roman Reigns still gets to look like fuck weirdo. Oh, we and could he gets to walk we could out. have some 
Ah, oh, Tim, we could have some fun here. You know what I would do? Let's fantasy book real quick right. before okay. we wrap yeah, up. All right, so we do Roman versus Randy, right? Randy is getting the upper hand on Roman. And every time Reigns is in a spot where he's like, God damn it, he looks to the outside of the ring and the Usos are there and he's like, fucking take care of this. And so then the Usos super kick or they do the frog splash, right? And then Orton gets the, you know, gets pinned. It's one, two, he kicks out. So then Roman looks at him and he's like, you motherfuckers need to step it up, you know? And so they do one more thing, right? Where it's, I don't even know what it is. Let's let's say it's super kicks, right? They go. The ref is out because Paul Heyman hit him or distracted, right? Then the lights go out. Lights come back. Fiend hits both of them with the sister Abigail. Looks at Roman just to fuck with him because remember Roman beat the Fiend for the for the uh, SmackDown Championship, right? So he still fucking doesn't like that guy. So he just looks at him, but then he looks at Randy. Does a sister Abigail to him. We get out of there. Roman gets the victory because Randy can take a loss. It's fine, right? Especially in that right. case. And now he has a real feud with uh, the Fiend. And Roman gets the victory. But then he, like, as he's covering uh, Randy, he's just looking at the Usos. It's like, how can you guys fuck this up? You know, like, God damn it. Gets the victory. The Usos are like, oh, man, we're so sorry. And he's just like, you guys got to step it up. You guys got to prove to me that you want to be in this tribe and just Boom. And you're like, motherfucker. And so then you get the helpless Usos just walking up, you know, looking like dorks. Phone, like, okay. Yeah. And then you get the Fiend and Randy Orton. That's what you do. Yeah, I like that. Um, well, then before we wrap up Hell in a Cell, let's, we, we kind of touched on this subject. And I'm going to go out to our Twitter machine here. If you use, you, the listener, use hashtag tweet the table while you're watching wrestling or when you come up with a wrestling-related question or thought, share it with us. Hashtag tweet the table. Uh, and we'll read some of them on, on the show here. If if it merits. And this one here from an old friend of the show at B double D four new Twitter handle hey. uh, says, uh, so what the hell was the point of retribution at this point? Hashtag tweet the table. So we talked about the shitty, stupid entrance, but now the hurt business runs them out of the gym again. Uh, so are, are they done? And we're just going to go focus in on, on uh, um, uh, Mustafa Ali being a hacker because like, does yeah. he need the extra four guys? I don't, Right. I've got whatever. And there I like how he's like, how about the one in the stupid mask? And they're like All of them? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Pick them. Uh again, I'm hoping I'm I'm hoping out of just their sake that this is them getting brought down to ground zero to then rebuild a very similar, obviously different type of story, but very similar into Bray Wyatt had to go away and then come back as the fiend. Something to that effect where it's like, Hey, we were trying to just do normal matches here and we mm-hmm. kept losing. So you know what we're going to do now? We're going to tell secrets because Mustafa Ali's a hacker. Yeah. And then they're getting away, over take off the masks. Yeah. Get but him. get them over in non wrestling related things, right? So they disrupt Miz's contract uh, negotiations for the money in the bank contract or things like that. You know, that's where I would go with them. You could even, so you take off the masks for these guys, but they could still use those stupid names because that's just then their screen handles, right? Like their online hacker names, Slapjack and T Bar mm-hmm. and whatever the 
fuck dumb shit they came up with. Uh, at least fun. then it's like, oh, okay, it's a username. Those are always weird, right? Like, a, mm-hmm. I, I just, know. yeah, the the names are stupid. Athletes foot, gout, whatever the fuck their names are, stupid as shit. Brass um, knuckleberry. Yeah, brass knuckleberry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Brass knuckleberry. Hey, what do I got? I got brass knuckles. It's in my name. Um, <laughs> but I, so, I right, hope- but hell in a cell. I, I really like the the angles we went with Roman Reigns here. Top oh. notch. Um, match of this- the match of the year for yeah. WWE. I really felt yeah. like it was match of the year for. Oh WWE. yeah. The the Randy Orton with the title was a bit of a curveball. I didn't think they were going to go that route. I'm for it. So that'll be interesting. Um, you know, yeah. Those are the two biggest takeaways I take. Yeah, and then Sasha uh, becomes the uh, the SmackDown Women's Champion. First time she gets that title. I'm just not too excited because there's not a lot of contenders in the pipeline for her. You know, yeah. Bianca Belair could be something. I think Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks is great. Past meets the uh, present. I'm not saying that Sasha's past her prime, but you know, no, but that Bianca next Bell iteration is. Awesome. is yeah, Bianca yeah. Belair could be like, I'm bigger, faster, stronger. I'm the EST and everything. And guess what? You ain't the boss of me, bitch. Wah, wah. And you get to her. That's what, that's what I would hope. Uh, but yeah, Hell in the Cell was good. Monday Night Raw was not good, but it did have the Fiend elements, like the Firefly Funhouse I enjoyed. I want to know now, because one thing I hope doesn't happen is Alexa Bliss goes from in-ring competitor to then just mouthpiece for fiends. This is Claus. Yeah. Right. I want her still active. I want her to then say, hey, uh, Asuka, cool paint you got there. It would look great in my fun house. And then, you know, wants to beat her up. I, I want to see Alexa Bliss right. develop in this, not just be the, well, the fiend is here again. It's like, okay, I get it. But what are you doing? Like, you do something now. So yeah, that's where I'm yeah, excited. I'm with that, you there, too. It's nice if they use her in tandem with some stuff and she's there, mm-hmm. but if she's just the manager, then I don't, you know. Yeah, then I'm not into need that. It. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, really good uh, week. Excited for the go home show for AEW Dynamite. Uh, as I mentioned, I thought NXT was the show of the week, including Hell in the Cell, and Hell in the Cell was very, very good, but I just thought NXT was that good. Uh, Halloween Havoc was really fun. And so we'll look, uh, look onward. And keep staying positive and patient. The Spanish announce table.